It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln Kennedy joins us now on the phone lines. And Lincoln, it's always great to catch up with you. We do appreciate your time, my man. We saw Jared Stidham. Two games, one against the 49ers, one against the Chiefs. Now the regular season has come to a close. It's over for the Silver and Black. What did you see from Jared Stidham, and was it too much, or too small of a sample size to really make a determination on his future? Well, I think it's too small of a sample size to say whether or not he can be your starting quarterback. But I will say this. I was pleased with what I saw from Jared Stidham because he made use of his knowledge and his familiarity with the offense. Having been drafted by the Patriots under Josh McDaniels initially, you know, we saw him in the preseason. He didn't, he didn't really hold back. He went out there, let it all fly, and that's what you want. That's what you want, the confidence level out of your quarterback. How do the Raiders move forward with the decision on Stidham if it was such a small sample size? Well, the thing is, is that it, it, what you can, the way you can think about it, one way that you can think about it is that if you decide to go elsewhere with a quarterback, you know that you have a competent backup. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to handle it at this particular junction because we don't know which way they're going to go. No, no, we don't. And, you know, we've been talking about the quarterback position a little bit here. Uh, try not to talk about it every day because it could become nauseating But uh, until they make a decision, right? But how much would you talk to Devontae Adams and kind of consider who he would prefer as a quarterback moving forward? I always think you should give your stars a little bit of input. One of the things that I, uh, I respected most about Al Davis when he was still alive, may he rest in peace, is that Mr. D would come up to me and ask me, hey, you know, we, we need a defensive end. Who do you like? And I told him about Trace Armstrong. It's one of the reasons why mm. Trace Armstrong became a Raider. I would tell him, he would ask me specific questions about specific guys, and I would give him my honest opinion. I, and I thought, I, I thought that was cool. It's not like I have a final decision, but you do have input in the decision, which I think helps. You know, that's something that Max Crosby was just talking about in the locker room Monday, was saying that, you know, I'm going to be in their ear about telling them guys that we need to bring in, guys like me, guys like Josh, guys like Devontae. And that was really the only names that he s- said. Not that he was slighting anyone, but just saying guys that are, are, are destined to be great or want greatness. You know, he needs some more of that in that locker room. What does that mean when a guy steps up and becomes a leader like that? Well, I mean, you know, I've always believed leaders are made; they're not born. And you know, the thing is, or raised, they're not born. So you don't, you don't, you're not born in the leadership. People might assume just because by position you're a leader, but it's hard to de- de- develop natural-born leaders. It's it's really difficult. And so when you see that personality, you see that somebody cares about the program, somebody cares about the where where they're at, cares about the team, and you go all out just like he's he's going all out for you. You know, Lincoln, we had someone call in earlier or text in, whenever the case was, and we were talking about Vegas, and and I I don't feel like that you know the Raiders have to overpay to get free agents because there's a lot to like about what's going on here. When you see this organization and you see the facilities and the practice facility, how attractive is Vegas in your opinion? I would think it's very attractive. I was never one of those guys that was marred by, you know, the, the extras, the, the facility or the, the lore of the stadium. That's not, nothing that ever stuck in my mind because, hell, I played in Oakland. So, you know, but I will say this. Yeah, these days, when you look at the facility, walk into the Raiders facility, what's not to love? What's not to be in all about, to be honest with you? And if, if that is something that attracts you, Today's college athletes are guys that want to know how many uniforms they're going to wear, how often we're on TV. If that's something that attracts you, then Vegas should be right at the top of your list. What about the guys like Crosby, Jacobs, uh, assuming that he comes back, Devontae Adams, having alphas like that to, to play with, how attractive is that for a free agent? It can be very attractive. It depends on the individual. It depends on the guy who's coming in and the reason why he's coming in. Look, he could be coming in for a money grab. 
Those do exist out there. Mm-hmm. Or he could be coming in because he wants to contribute to a winner. Those do exist out there. Um, it, it just depends on the guy and the individual himself. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, it was yesterday was the last day that the players spoke to the media, but also head coach Josh McDaniels to cap off the season. And he said that it's going to be a lot of evaluation, but also starting with himself and some self-evaluation. But what do you think that Coach McDaniels can improve on in season two? Just understanding managing the game second time around. Um, he's got to he's got to learn how to manage the team, manage the personalities on the team. More importantly, get get to know them in a way to where he can get the best out of them. I will say this, you know, for what it's worth, the Raiders didn't finish off where we wanted them to, but they did play hard mm-hmm. and they showed they showed the possibility of what they can do. I just have to get over that hump and fine tune a little few a few things with a couple of the players and additions. It should be better. What are your thoughts on the offensive line? They churned out and helped churn out the number one rusher in the league and Josh Jacobs over 1,600 yards. But we know that they, you know, they had some issues and they were, they were kind of suspect going into the season. But overall, what did you think the offensive line did? Well, I, I was pleased that they were able to, to push a rusher of that night, you know, Josh Jacobs ahead and lead the NFL. I, I was, and especially that type of blocking. It was more man blocking, power blocking. I, I like that. But what I was disappointed is the lack of communication, the lack of consistency, and more importantly, the lack of being able to, to stand up to, to the fact when somebody takes away the run, you've got to be able to go with the pass. You've got to be able to adjust. And I think that's what they have to you know, figure out. They're definitely going to have to move some people around and get some new people in there, um, in, in my opinion. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. I can see that. How much did you uh, – well, what did you think of the, the young guys in Dylan Parham and Thayer Munford? Well, Parm came, came, is coming through, coming up, but he's got a lot to learn. And he was exposed a little bit against those, well, you know, guys like Clark and Hayward out of Pittsburgh, um, got, got the best of them. He's going to have to learn how to play through that. I think he'll be, he'll develop into his own. Thayer Munford is also coming along, but he turns his shoulder still too. So I don't think he's ready to play a start at right tackle, um, but he is a work in progress. I think he's more of a developmental guy. When it comes to, like you say, like turning his shoulders too much, is that something that would just come with time, or is that something that maybe Coach Brasillo, the offensive line coach, could teach out of him? Well, I mean, you're just going to have to learn how to work. You know, you, what happens is um, you, you get into a panic mode and you go back to uh, muscle memory. And what I mean by turning his shoulders, if you can imagine a line of scrimmage going one way, and if a guy turns his shoulders the wrong way, he becomes, it becomes like a T. He's perpendicular mm-hmm. to the line of scrimmage. That shortens the corner to the quarterback. And when you have guys going out of the shotgun, most quarterbacks will, will drive in the pocket. But if you're getting pushed from the interior, from defensive tackles, there's nowhere to go. And that ends up in the sack. And we've been talking a lot about who maybe the Raiders should keep from this roster that are going to be free agents. When it, I know you don't know the entire list just off the top of your head, but who do you think that may, maybe that the Raiders should bring back? Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. <laughs> Just those three. Nicole, Carlson, yeah, and yeah, and then, you know, from, you know, look, we saw the, the guys that I just mentioned, we, we saw them bring some positives out of other guys. I don't know if it's enough. I mean, Mac Hollins was a surprise, but Mac Hollins was, was a gunner. Yep. And then he had to become an extra receiver. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that if that's a surprise that's worth keeping overall overall evaluating. I didn't have enough time to watch his route route running skills or to pay it perfectly attention to him. So I don't know if he's guys like that bring it back. But here's the thing: you you as a coaching staff, you should always look at guys who really gave it their all. Might not be the best athlete. Got to keep in mind, those people on the other side of the field get paid too. So you might not always be the best, but if I go out there and give my best and give my best effort and be the best teammate that I can be, there might be a space on your team for me. 
a player that you were high on, but he got injured towards the end of the season, Denzel Perriman, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Do you think that the Raiders may bring him back? You know, it depends on which way they decide to go with the draft. you, you got to think long-term. I, I thought Denzel Perriman, since he became a Raider, has been a highlight, especially on that defense. But throughout his career, he's been injury-marred. And here's the thing. I, you know, injuries happen. Mm-hmm. Guys get hurt. It, it's, it's part of it. You got to start thinking about the future. How reliable is that person going to be when you commit commit to him? If you commit big money to him, then you're hoping you're saying that he's going to be on the field more times than not. And right now, that's still a little bit of a coin flip for 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 me because you know even though Denzel has been that linebacker that you like and especially shooting the gaps and doing everything he wants, he does have his weaknesses. Uh, and 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 leaving him in that spot or maintaining that spot means either you have to coach a system around him to make the defense better around him, or you have to find someone else to replace him. You know, Lincoln, we talked about linebackers in the Raider Roundtable with JT and yourself and me earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center while we were doing, the, like I said, the Raider Roundtable. We talked about Roquan Smith, and as, as soon as we finished talking about him, he signs a $100 million contract extension with the Ravens. They need a guy like that. That's what yeah. the Raiders, and they haven't had a, a linebacker like that in a very long time. The middle linebacker has to be able to you know, not only cover the back and cover the tight ends, but has to be able to go sideline to sideline and make those tackles just like a deep safety, uh, especially in this system. The system that they run, you know, you got, you're technically you're telling Max Crosby he's not a defensive end, he's an outside linebacker. Well, that doesn't necessarily hold weight because now you force Max and guys like him into coverage, and sometimes they get the best of them, especially out in space, trying to cover running backs or slot receivers. So in this system, this linebacker and, and this safety has to be able to cover sideline to sideline and be able to do it effectively while other people occupy the blocks or keep them off their legs, if you will. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Lincoln, the Raiders gave up a first and a second round pick to Green Bay for Devontae Adams straight up. He had 100, yard, or 100 catches. He ranked ninth in the NFL, had 1,516 yards ranked third in the NFL, had 14 touchdowns, first in the NFL. Yards per reception, 15.2, tenth in the NFL. Yards per game, 89.2, which were fifth in the NFL. Sounds like that was a, a pretty good trade that the Raiders made. It sounds like it was It was a good sound strategy investment, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. How fantastic was Devontae Adams just to watch from, from your bird's eye view that you have each and every week with Jason? Jaw-dropping for me, to be honest with you. I was so impressed. I, I, there were so many times where Jason and I were sitting up in the booth, and I'm thinking that he's got to be out of bounds or he's not going to be able to catch that, and he comes down with the grab. I, I, I think what I commend Devontae most on is that his overall effort, he will give you his all while he's out there. He doesn't half-ass it. He doesn't just go through the motions. I can respect that. I can appreciate that. More importantly, he wants to win. And ever since he's been a Raider, he's, try, he's tried to vocalize and make himself a leader to follow me, lead the, let me lead the way, and he's going to be there. That's a big part of that offense, tremendous part of the offense, and it's one of the things that you can check off your list moving forward. We got that taken care of. How ashamed was it that Waller, Renfro, Adams, Jacobs, they weren't able to be out there on the field more times together? Yeah, that was something that was a little disheartening and disappointing, but it is what it is. Look, injuries happen. Yep. Guys have to learn how to manage your body. I tell everybody, including my son when he was drafted, I said, your biggest investment is your body mm-hmm. and being available. You can go as hard as you want to, but if you go hard and you're injured, you can't make the club in the tub. Yep. You're no good to me. 
You're no good to me on the sideline holding a clipboard. Why? Because you went hard the last game. Why can't go hard this game? That does me no good. It's a long season. You have to learn how to manage your mind as well as your body and take care of business. And that is your business. It is. It really is. I, I try to tell guys that all the time. Availability is your best ability. And I know people don't like to hear it, but that's exactly what it is, uh, especially when it comes to the NFL. Well, Lincoln, I know there's going to be a lot of conversations about the quarterback position. you have any idea what you think that the team's going to do moving forward? Not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I say look, the same one, thing. One of the things that their, you know, their abilities, they've got a full, you know, full slate of draft picks. Yep. And then, then they have potential to get more um, if they make some moves, but not a clue what they want to do. I have, don't have a clue. With that full slate of of draft picks, do you think that this defense, they have an opportunity, Dave Ziegler and company, to go in and really kind of revamp this thing in in, in one draft? If they're going to play this style of defense, they need to mm-hmm. revamp this defense on every level. They need to add to the defense on every level. Secondary, linebacker, core, defensive line, every level. It should be interesting. It really should. I know the next time we do the Raider Roundtable, we'll be in uh, Arizona. We'll be in your neck of the woods for the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll be doing it live from, uh, from Phoenix. So, uh, Lincoln, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. It's always great to catch up with you. Pleasure's mine, guys. Be well. Have a good night. All right, you too. There he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network, at LKennedy72 on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, man, if they're going to play the defense that they want to play, I agree 100%. I think that they really need to go all the way in on on spending a lot of draft capital. I mean, I know I've said before, all of it, if it's not all of it, it's got to be the most of it, right? It's got to be a majority. It really does. And I promise you right now, if one of those studs, defensive guys, those studs that are going to be at the top of the draft, if they were to fall to number seven, I'd run that damn pick up there myself. Get out the way. <laughs> Get out the way. Here I come. You can arrest me later, but here I come. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, man, a guy like Carter, uh, that cat could play, right? A guy like Will Anderson, that cat could play. If one of those two became available, I know they won't, like John McClain said when we talked to him, but if they were, and you never know. I mean, crazy things happen. Guys drop because, well, teams want to trade up and go get a quarterback, whatever the case may be. One of those two studs drop to him, it would be no question. I would have no questions. Now, obviously, the Raiders are going to do whatever they do, but I think that that's the way to go. You got to go get that young stud defensively. Start setting the tone. Yeah, and also I was trying to look back at last year's draft because I know Kayvon Thibodeau, he dropped a little bit, yeah. but he dropped a five. Right. And still, even that was a shock. Oh, man, he went at five. Right. But at seven, I don't think that none of those, like, no, those no, guys are going to no. be there. No, I don't think so either. But, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I like that. you never know. You never know. <laughs> the draft, that's the one thing I do know about the draft. It is nuts. Whatever you think that you know going into the draft, it just proves that you don't when it comes that time. There's a couple that are no-brainers. Like, okay, you see these you know, top two, top three coming. But, man, like I didn't think Houston was going to pass up on Sauce Gardner, and they did. They went after Derek Stingley, and I know he's good. I know he, I still think Sauce is way better. And if I was Houston, I would have drafted him. But they, they went with Stingley. They got their guy, and the Jets got their guy in Sauce. And I think that both teams are pretty pretty happy, but I just think that Sauce was the better guy. But that's, that's just me. But there's, man... You just never know. You really never know what direction teams are going to go when it comes time to the draft. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. When we come back, I'll go over the 26 unrestricted free agents that the Raiders have. We'll get your thoughts on who's a priority bring back, who's not a priority bring back. Plus, we'll hear some more sound from the Raiders locker room. This is all coming up on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Got hit up on Twitter by Raider Earn 1975. Wanted to know what time Coach 
Rick Urich from Palo Verde High School was coming up. That'll be at 4.30, my man. That's coming up in the next segment. Uh, Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. He'll be coming up at 4.30. So, uh, Raider Earn, thanks for chiming in and uh, speaking on uh, speaking on Coach. That'll come up at 4.30. But we've been throwing out there the question, out of the 26 unrestricted free agents that the Raiders have coming up this offseason, who is a priority to come back. I'll go over the list real quick and then hear from you. Cleve Farrell, Anthony Averett, Brandon Parker, Denzel Perryman, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Tillery, Mac Hollins, Rocky Asin, Jakob Johnson, Keelan Cole, Jerron Harmon, Jermaine Illuminor, Jayon Brown, Andrew Billings, Amir Abdullah, Isaac Rochelle, Jordan Jenkins, Micah Kaiser, Tashawn Bauer, Matthias Farley, Sidney Jones, Roderick Teamer, Jesper Horstead, Curtis Bolton, Jarrett Stidham, and Foster Morrow. So hit us up and let us know what your thoughts are. 702-365-9200. Mailman Raider said, hey Q, I disagree on Mac. I think we need to bring in, and I don't want to bring his name up, but a Henry Ruggs type, a burner on the outside. I think that would make the uh, the offense unguardable with those weapons. That's Mailman Raider. And I got to agree with that 100%. Not, you know, not necessarily the whole Mac situation, but I do believe that the super speed element is missing from the offense, right? Obviously, Devontae Adams is big playability. Uh, we know what he could do. Darren Waller has big playability, but he's not a burner. And Hunter Renfro is definitely not a burner, but he's a hell of a wide receiver. If they had that guy, and I, look, I know John Gruden and company did uh, some things as they were trying to construct this uh, this team, this roster. I know they did a lot of things, but uh, they were trying to build a team that could compete with Kansas City. As we saw on Saturday, how far away they are from competing with Kansas City, and I do think that that speed element that you uh, that you brought up, Mailman Raider, is something that they do need, and so that was the reason why the the Rugs uh, situation was what it was, why they drafted him to be that Tyreek Hill in the Raiders' offense. They don't have that necessary uh, element right there, uh, and Mac Hollins has the speed. But he just didn't have the consistency when it comes to tracking the deep ball, and there was a, there was a it was a really a shame, obviously for so many reasons, uh, the whole Henry Rugg situation. But Carr and Ruggs were starting to develop that relationship on the field where they were making that connection, and you started to see some things like, okay, I get this now. And obviously, we all know how it how it shook out, and it was obviously uh, obviously tragic tragic. But I do think that that speed element is something. That is being missed. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Jacob in Fresno. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, how we doing, Q? Good, good. So um, as far as priority free agents, it's got to be Josh Jacobs as far as bringing back. You just you can't let go of a stud running back like that. And he did so much, not just like running the ball. Also, he improved catching the ball. You know, just that skill set, that, that necessary skill set makes him just a, 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 a giant threat, you know. And I hope I hope the Raiders, and like you were talking about earlier, really concentrate on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want a stud middle linebacker, but I wouldn't mind one that's a, a kind of a veteran already. I think, isn't Levante David going to be a free agent from uh, Tampa Bay this year? I wouldn't mind getting him. I don't necessarily know if he fits the system, but you got to have yourself just a stud linebacker that really commands it. And, you know, Perriman, great guy, but just can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just need, I tell you this much, what really happened during the Kansas City game, doing that merry-go-round thing that happened, if you had a, a really hard-nosed defense, they would have never tried that. <laughs> never tried that. You try that on back in the day, like the Jack Tatum, oh, you would not be getting up. Right. 
No, I got you. I got you. I'll tell you what. That was a creative-ass play. <laughs> that was creative. The way that they went around in that circle, and I know it, sounded, it looked really disrespectful, but, man, the way they went around that circle, that all of a sudden when they came out of that circle and you have Patrick Mahomes, you know, as the as the the back – Right, and you have the back as the quarterback. I mean, just the way that all the positions were switched, uh, it was some creativity to the to the max. And Levante David, yeah, he will be uh, a, a free agent coming up next year or coming up this offseason. So uh, he's a guy that's out there. Deion Jones is out there. Uh, Melvin Ingram's out there. I'm just going ahead and going through any of these guys that have names. Um, you know, there's a few out there. <laughs> Corey Littleton, <laughs> Nicholas Morrow, uh, former Raiders, uh, Nick Vigil. Um, yeah, Jayon Brown, <laughs> guys, uh, Gerard Davis, um, AJ Klein. Yeah, for the most part, there's there's some guys that are going to be available. I- I'll tell you right now, if they go and get a guy defensively in free agency, I would love for them to to pay attention to Washington and go and get Deron Payne at that defensive tackle position. I would love for them to bring in Deron Payne. I think that that is something that is needed in a major way. If you can't get that young man from Georgia. Then you go out and get what you can get in uh, free agency. And I know that Carter's not going to be there when the Raiders pick at number seven overall. But thank you so much for that call, Jacob. We do appreciate you. Uh, We did get a text saying, got to bring back Jacobs. Without breaking the bank, bring back Perriman, Yassine, uh, Billings, Harmon, Hollins, and Illuminor. Mainly saying that the defensive guys that are capable of starting, Cleese should be considered at a much reduced price. Everyone else could be replaced with draft and free agency. Uh, that's a text from the 510. Thank you for that. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our good friend quick. Welcome to the show. What's up? On, what's on your mind, my man? Q-Bone, what do you do? You good? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Blessings, man. Hey, uh, it's cold-blooded because when I <laughs> – you just rambled off all of the names on that list of, of Raiders free agents, and my stomach just, man, it just tore my stomach up, just in mass with them terrible names. Josh Jacobs probably the only person that we should probably even think about keeping. I don't like him at a high number. Let's tag him. I'm going to say that now. I'll say that all off season. Tag him. Let's get be done with that. I'll tell you who can't come back versus who should come back. Okay. I don't want, I don't want Teamer. I don't want Illuminor, that walking yellow flag. I don't want uh, uh, Derek Carr, obviously. <laughs> uh, so uh, they could take Patrick Graham with them, but Yassine uh, and Perryman are guys that like are right on the tweener list for me. I would prefer Yassine over Perryman because I don't trust Perryman to guard the Travis Kelseys of the world. I wish that he was he had just a little bit more ability for everything that he's done well. You can always just see him not necessarily being the guy or the type of player that we need either in this system or in general because he was in a different system last season. So uh, there's just a few guys I can think of way more names that I don't want back than that I do. So uh, blessings to y'all. Stay up, you all. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much, Quick, for the call. And, yeah, that's the thing about it, man. There's 26 guys on this list, and I had five. I came up with five guys that I'd like to see back, Right. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. And a lot of these guys were one-year dudes, right? And just like when Dave Ziegler and company took over, they brought in, what, they had to replace 25 guys? I mean, they had a lot of guys that they had to replace. They had about half a roster when they arrived. So they signed a lot of one-year guys, like Anthony Averett, right? I mean, we were led to believe that he was going to be good from the time that he had in Baltimore. And he's, he was injured almost all season. So he was never available. So I don't even know if he could have been good. Jerry Tillery, he just barely joined the club. And, I mean, he, he had moments where he looked pretty good and others, eh, not so much. Rocky Yassine, right? They traded for him. He was injured a lot of the time. He looked okay. Uh, Keelan Cole, 
Keelan Cole, <laughs> Jayon Brown. I thought Jayon Brown was going to be something, right? I thought, he, okay, this is a guy that, you know, like Quick was saying, could be able to cover a tight end. This, that. He was banged up a lot and didn't, just didn't do that well. Just didn't do a whole lot. I thought he was going to create some turnovers. Didn't do it. Jermaine Illuminor, I mean, he played any position that they asked him to do. He just, he did okay. Andrew Billings, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's back up at best. Amir Abdullah, thought he was going to break one. Never did. <laughs> Still think he has an opportunity, though. I wouldn't mind bringing him back and, and having a role like that, right? Where he's a returner and a guy that could be a receiving back on third down. I mentioned him because he would have been on my list, but the yeah. more I think about it, it's just not feasible to bring him back. I mean, those younger guys, they've got to start getting some playing time. So kind of burned, yeah. yeah. That's true. So it's just— That's true. Amir, you were you were great in your role, but we didn't draft these running backs for nothing. But is Amir is Amir a guy that you'd have kick a re, uh, kick return? Maybe Brent Brown could be. I know it's only yeah, seventh maybe. round seventh round pick, well, but you still yeah, maybe. Him. Yeah, I mean you, you might be able to give him a chance. Uh, yeah, that that's 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 a good point. Uh, Isaiah uh, Isaac Isaac Rochelle, excuse me. Um, yeah, whatever. Jordan Jenkins never really saw the field. Uh, Micah Kaiser to Sean Bauer, he looked good in preseason. You know, Matthias Farley, he was a good special teamer. And that's the other thing. These Some of these guys will be back because of special teams. Sidney Jones, um, that, was a, that was a nice pickup, or I thought it was a decent pickup, at least worth a try uh, once he was released by Seattle, but he just really never got anything going. Roger Tremor, Teamer, uh, quick brought up. Jesper Horstead, uh, he, I mean, he, he's okay. Stidham, of course. Uh, and then Foster, you know, what are you going to do with Foster? Is he going to come back? Are they going to? try to move forward with another tight end uh, to pair up with Darren Waller. I don't really know. But uh, those are the guys out there on the list. And again, uh, out of 26 guys, I really picked five that I thought were important to bring back. But we want to hear from you. It's been a fun conversation throughout the course of the show. Uh, Before you can get into free agency in the draft, you've got to look at your own team, evaluate them, and decide who to bring back or who not to bring back. Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. It's the text line brought to you by the DLC. And also the listener line at 702-365-9200. Coming up next, we'll turn our attention to girls flag football, the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, Coach Rick Urich, uh, Palo Verde High School. You'll hear that conversation next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Rare Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone line is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. That's Coach Rick Urich from Palo Verde High School. And Coach, congratulations on your team's success so far this season. What has been the biggest key to the success that you guys have been able to have? Well, I think uh, this year, by the way, thank you. Um, this year, I think it's just the interest in the sport, really. We've had some success the last couple of years, and kids have just flocked to the sport, and we're in years past, we might have a couple of kids that were just trying to piecemeal everything else around. And this year, we've legitimately got seven to ten kids that just can can play. And that's and that's something that we really haven't had in, in the past. Um, and then our backups are probably good enough to start on a lot of local teams. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's just we've just been blessed with people coming out. I had about a hundred and something kids come out for intramurals this year wow that's a lot <laughs> that's that is a lot and so when, when you're putting together a girls flag football team I mean there's obviously a lot that goes into it but how quickly did you see the interest grow from you know maybe a, a season ago to this season as you mentioned well I will tell you this coming out of COVID the interest to do things was just astronomical kids just flocked to just about anything you were offering um but we, in general, I'm one of the original coaches that started the flag football league here in town, and I've seen an interest kind of steadily go up almost every year. 
Um, and it's just after COVID, it just exploded. Right. I could imagine. Uh, I'm sure everyone wanted to get out and do something uh, after COVID, yep. especially uh, young people. So uh, your, your your team just came off a big tournament win, a uh, Shadow Ridge holiday tournament. Uh, you beat the likes of Green Valley, Del Sol, Liberty Basic. They were all there competing. Uh, what is that like playing, you know, a couple games a week and then all of a sudden jumping into a tournament like that? Oh, it's it. it, it in. You know, I've coached others. I've coached basketball most of my career and I've coached some football. Um Playing a couple basketball games in a weekend is is completely different than trying to play uh, four football. Even though it's flag football, mm-hmm. playing four games in two days is an enormous feat. And I think part of why we were successful is just because we have so much depth and kids. We could we can get a lot of kids in and keep kids fresh because it's even though it's flag football, it's it's not as non-contact as people uh, might think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not, and it's very, very competitive. It's a lot of fun to watch. I'll tell you that for sure. Again, we're talking right now with Coach Rick Urich from uh, Palo Verde High School. He is the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And, Coach, you selected Tia Brown as Player of the Week, and uh, she had a phenomenal tournament. Just tell us a little bit about Tia and what she brings to the table. Tia, she, uh, you know, the the – best way I can explain her is she's your coach's dream. <laughs> she's a sophomore. She's, she can do just about anything you ask her to do. She's an all state track star mm. last year, first year running track. I mean, she's just, no, she's just that, that perfect player that you can line her up at any position you can do. And she, and she just loves the sport. She, she wants to learn. And she's just a natural leader. She's, like I said, a coach's dream. I have no doubt. And, you know, you mentioned her doing track. And I always say that it's important to, to let young people especially play as many different sports as possible, you know, not just focus in on one thing. How, how important do you believe it is as a coach of many different sports to, to have athletes and have young people play different sports? I will tell you, it's one of my hugest pet peeves as a high school uh, <laughs> coach uh, is I truly believe that kids need to experience as many things as they possibly can while they can still do it. Um, you know, and one of my huge pet peeves is the club scene in all these sports. Mm -hmm. They want you to play one thing year round. Um, and my philosophy is number one, it's not good for your body. It's good for your body to, to work different muscles and do different things and, and whatnot. And I get real frustrated because we have to fight with like softball and soccer um, just so kids can have the opportunity to play flag football. Right. No, I have no doubt. And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm a firm believer as well that, that uh, kids should be playing a lot of different games and not just focusing, like you said, on one sport like the club scene has them do. But – the club scene has them do it, and it's really tough to, to you know, get and them to. And it's not going anywhere, I no. can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon, Coach. It is not going anywhere. So to be the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, what does that mean to you to be, you know, to be recognized by the by the organization? I tell you, it, it's a great honor. And, and first, I got to say how how grateful we are for the Raiders coming to town and in putting such an interest in the sport and just local sports in general. Um, it means a lot. And it's, it's not really me. It's, it's for the program. Right. I mean, when I told the kids and, and what you guys are doing for the kids tomorrow and whatnot, it's more about that than it is anything I'm doing. The kid, I'm just, I'm just the, the guy that's drawn up the plays. The kids are the ones doing everything. And I tell you, they're ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. It's just, 
the more the the more the program and the sport gets notoriety is that's that's what's important to us. It really is. And it's it's so funny. Every coach I talk to, they always say, you know, it's never about me. It's always about the players. It's always about the whole program. And that's that's the reality of it. But then, Coach, you're, you know, your name's on it as the coach uh, there at Palo Verde and, of course, the recipient of the award. But uh, it's just a fantastic testament to what your program's been able to do this season, of course, what you're able to do in the tournament. Now, I did want to ask you because, you know, last week, you know, late last week, we had tragedy hit here in the area uh, with a young lady that was a, a girls flag football player at Desert Oasis who eventually passed away and it's similar to you know the DeMar Hamlin situation that we saw in the NFL it was just a rough week right for athletics is that a conversation I know coaches are more than just coaches your counselors your best friends your you know mentors is that a conversation you have to have with your players just to kind of ease their mind when they something like that happens yeah you know um I and before I get into that I'll tell you that you know one of my big things and one of the big pushes that I have as far as uh a coach in this district for 20 plus years is the fact that we it's it's baffling to me how it seems like people in the higher up positions don't value the coaches and advisors as they should because we we are the ones that get to know the kids more than anyone else yep um the classroom teacher may have 40 kids times six or eight classes um i have these 60 kids i can tell you I can tell you something about every one of the kids that play for me. Um, so we build a, a relationship unlike the, the actual teachers get to, to build most of the time. Um, but that being said, yes, I mean, it is a conversation. We just, we've beat them. They're, they're the only team that's given us a loss this year. Yeah. Desert Oasis. And, um, and we played them a couple of weeks ago and, and our kids, play a few of our kids play on the club team and knew knew of Ashari and um it is definitely a conversation we have to to give and it's and, and we do have to turn into uh from coach to counselor and we talk about it and we sat down we had a team meeting and as a matter of fact we are we are going to do something for their program on behalf of our program just in support of her and yeah. her parents and just everything they're going through. Uh, but it is definitely um, anytime something like this happens, it, it hits the whole flag football community, not just um, the local school. Right. No, it does. I mean, it's, it's the whole community. You're right. And, uh, you know, and I'm glad you said that about, you know, coaches. I say that all the time to anyone who will listen, that it's more than X's and O's. It's more than just winning games. I mean, it's relationships that you're building. It's, it's conversations you might have with, you know, our kids that we might not have with our kids. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different when you're a coach and then they come back to you later and, hey, coach, thanks for this or thanks for that. And how gratifying and satisfying is that when, when, when players just come back to you, your, your former players that you had and just just give you a thank you. It doesn't matter if they're not playing on the next level or this, that, and the other. They're just, hey, thanks for, for being my guy, being there for me. I tell you, it, it it's it's just as a teacher in general and as a coach, anytime, and they don't even have to come back and say thank you. When they just come back to say hello, right? that is thank you. You know, that is just showing they cared enough to want to come back and see us and, and see the program and, and, and whatnot. And and it's just it it means the world. It it really is what keeps us um, doing this from year to year because 
you know, frankly, the teaching gig is is uh, not the greatest in the world these days. <laughs> I know that's right, Coach. Believe me, I know that's right. Totally understand. But we thank you uh, so much for everything that you're doing, not only you, but, you know, all the teachers out there that are that are teaching our, our youngsters and also coaching up our kids as well. We definitely appreciate that in the community. So, uh, Coach, as we wrap up, what's next? What does Palo Verde have up next that, uh, you know, you guys are the next game coming up or next tournament you guys have? Well, we look. It looks like we're gonna play in a in a little sloppy bowl tonight. We have sector tonight. We host them tonight, um, and it's probably gonna be pretty nasty. Um, and then we have um, Clark at Clark okay. to finish the week up. Our goal right now is one game at a time. Our goal is obviously, you know, Palo Verde won the very first state championship in the sport the very first year. And uh, we've been close a handful of times, and we haven't been back. So our our mission this year is to finish that climb once again. Well, uh, you're on the you're on the path, coach, to say the least. I ain't got to tell you, but you're on the path to that success, and uh, your team is playing really, really good ball. Just coming off that big of uh, tournament victory as well. Well, coach, thank you so much for your time. Again, congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, and uh, much luck to your team moving down the line. We definitely appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys, and we appreciate all your support. Thank you. There he goes, Coach Rick Urich, Palo Verde High School. Many thanks to the Raiders for making this uh, possible each and every week, uh, having a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week during the during the men's season or the boys' season. It was obviously varsity football. Now it's girls' flag football. But just to give a donation to a program here locally I think is awesome. So uh, shout-out to the Raiders for doing that as well. Coming up next as we close out the show, we'll take you back inside the Raiders' locker room. Max Crosby from Saturday. And I want to bring this up because he had a lot of really good things to say about running back Josh Jacobs and more. You'll hear that conversation next as we close out the show on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got a lot of locker room sound that we've collected over the last couple days. Saturday following the game against the Chiefs and also on Monday. I know Monday we had Max Crosby in the locker room closing out the, the regular season and man, that was a good 13 minutes of stuff from Max, but he also talked on Saturday following the game, and obviously it wasn't quite as long, but uh, there was a point in it when I started talking and asked him about how important it was to bring back Josh Jacobs, and he kind of gave me that look, because earlier in the conversation, you'll hear it, he said, well, you know, talking about some certain players, he said, that's not, you know, in my pay grade, and so I brought it up, I said, hey, you know, not, I understand it's not in your pay grade, but how important is it to bring back JJ, and he kind of gave me that look and then said, yeah, it's really important, and he goes into elaboration on why. So uh, just want to let you hear this conversation that we had with Max. Really good stuff. He was the guy that was always accessible in the Raiders locker room, and we do appreciate him. This is Max Crosby from Max Crosby from Saturday. The wherewithal to come back and play and just overall his performance this season as a, on the whole. Yeah, you know, obviously um, with the whole DeMar situation, um, you know, I just send, you know, obviously for my family, another my love and prayers. Um, it's a terrifying, scary situation. I'm just happy, you know, he's okay. Um, because when you see somebody on the field go down like that, uh, it makes you reevaluate everything that's going on and what's important. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just got to show a lot of love to him and uh, the whole Bills organization, the way they handled it. It's incredible. And uh, obviously Josh. Um, Josh is, since day one, since I met Josh, me and him have been like this. And, um, you know, we tell each other we love each other before every game go out of our way because um, when you have special dudes in the locker room like him, you know, they're just a little bit different. You know, it means a little bit more to him and see him, the thing that he's overcome. The dude was homeless as a kid. Like, he's, he's been through it all. And um, 
I can go on and on about Josh Jacobs. The dude is, he's got every bit of respect from me and all these guys in the locker room. So um, I'm just praying for him and his family. Um, I hope his dad's doing better. Um, I just love that dude to death. Uh, I literally go to the end of the world for him. So um, just hoping everything turns out good. Max, this isn't obviously how you wanted the season go, how you wanted it to end. How would you just summarize what the season meant to you, what you learned, how you grew? Um, you know, I think it's just it's part of the journey. You know, it's a blessing in disguise. That's the only way you can look at it. You can complain, you can, you know, your moan, but that's not what it's about. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, God works in mysterious ways. He's going to throw weird things at you. He's going to test you. He's going to, there's going to be a lot of things that go, go on. And, um, you know, this is football at the end of the day. Um, you know, there's, I've been through a lot, a lot worse in my life. So, um, I'm gonna just keep working, keep leading by example every single day. Um, the coaches know that, my teammates know that, and I'm gonna just try to, you know, be a be a light for everybody. So, you know, obviously it's tough right now, but you know, I'm just proud of the guys in the locker room. You know, we stay together regardless of the situation, and uh, you know, we try to finish out as strong as we could. Max, what is one of the, the leaders of this team? Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty this offseason with all the moving parts. How do you kind of move forward collectively as a roster, while so many things are kind of still up in there? Um. I don't know. You know, that's not that's out of my uh, pay grade. I just, you know, I'm going to just try to, you know, be the example, you know, every single day. As a leader, you know, I want, you know, obviously for us to keep going forward, I want to win. That's all I want to do. You know, at the end of the day, I come here, I, I work all year round um, to be the best player I can be, and I want guys like that with me, um, and that's all that matters. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to win here, and that's that's really all that matters. In the first half, Kansas City came out of the huddle in kind of like a circular motion kind of deal. Did you notice that? Have any thoughts on that? I don't know. That was different. It doesn't surprise me, though. You know, Coach Reed is uh, definitely creative. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're definitely – I feel like it's – you know, they had nothing to lose either. So, at the end of the day, you know, they're trying – just trying things out to, you know, see see if it will work in the playoffs, something like that. So, you know, I know they're not trying to be, you know, embarrassed or anything like that. Andy Reed is one of the best coaches in the game, and I got a, got a ton of love for him. As, as a defense, do you guys use that motivation to kind of you're moving forward in talks and to get better to where teams don't feel comfortable trying things out? You know, that's just part of the game. You know, the Chiefs are the best of the best, and uh, that's the team we're chasing, you know, at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, it's not about them. It's about us. Uh, we just got to get better. And uh, we're going to, you know, obviously this offseason, they're going to do everything they can to, you know, improve this team, and uh, I have full belief in them. Max, what are some of the building blocks you kind of noticed towards the talent of the season here, just in terms of moving forward confidence-wise on the defensive side of the ball? Um, you know, I feel like we definitely played better and better as the season went on, you know, in the second half. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that got to get better. Um, you know, we're a new group. We weren't together for a long time. A lot of a lot of new faces, a lot of, you know, injuries. But uh, the only thing I can say is I'm proud of the guys for staying together. You know, we had dudes coming off the street and starting two days later. So, like, you know, I got a ton of respect for those dudes. Obviously, as a team, it didn't end up the way you wanted to. But individually, I mean, you guys, there were guys at the top of every statistical category. Does that excite you moving forward? You're saying me personally? Yeah. Just across the board with you, Josh, Devontae. I mean, yeah. you guys individually, you guys put up some numbers. Does that excite you moving forward? Yeah, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, for us to have the best chance to win, I got to be my absolute best. So... Like I, I talk about it all the time, but I work I work year round to do this. I want to be the best in the game. That's what I push for. You know, I don't. 
play to be one of the guys. I want to be the guy. You know, I want to be the best regardless of team. You know, I want to be the best. So, yeah, that's why I work. And uh, I know Devontae thinks the same way. I know Josh thinks the same way. So, yeah, personally, you know, I definitely feel like I, I took another step this year. But, um, you know, we go back to the drawing board and uh, continue to improve. So that's all we can do. I know it's not your pay grade, but, uh, you know, how important is it to have J.J. back next season? Very important. He's one of the pillars on this team. Dude is given everything he has to this team and and some you know he's been through earlier in the year he wasn't supposed to play versus the Seahawks he comes out plays and runs for three what at 300 yards then you know he's been gone all week I didn't even know if he was here I was texting him in my locker time I literally texted him like I love you bro I didn't think he was going to be here and then all of a sudden I noticed him walking the building so like he's just that guy you know he's always gonna be there for the team the dude is he's a special dude so there's Max Crosby from Saturday following the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And you hear him talk about the ring around the rosy play. And uh, he said, hey, man, the Chiefs are creative. They're, you know, testing something out. And, you know, and like Steve White said yesterday on the show, you know, if you don't want them to do it, stop them. <laughs> right? If you don't want them to do it, stop them. I mean, it's just like when people get mad when guys celebrate touchdowns. You don't want them to celebrate? Don't let them score. Simple as that. You know, I'm hoping that the Raiders and their offense get so damn creative at some point, they could pull out something where people are like, damn, what was that? That's what I want to see. Yeah, they they had, I know it's not as trickery as as like as much as a trick play, mm-hmm. but they ran flea flickers in back to back weeks, and no one was saying, "Hey, man, why are they running flea flickers?" Right. Where it's just if the play works, it works. And I was it a caller or a text? I thought it was said, super creative. They said that wouldn't have happened back when like Jack Tatum was playing. Also, you can't beat guys up off the line the way you used to. Right. If you could play defense the way you could back in the day, you wouldn't have a chance to let a play like that develop. Right. I just thought it was so creative having Patrick Mahomes line up where he was coming out of that. I mean, again, you know, you're going around, and, and I used to have a, a coach that I used to talk to all the time in, in Temple, Texas. Matter of fact, he was Quentin Johnson's coach at Temp- Temple High, and he used to tell me all the time, Q, these coaches, man, they're, they're trying to come up with magic tricks now. They're trying to do magic tricks in the backfield and get your eyes looking this, that, and the other. That's what that play was for. When they're going around in a circle, what are your eyes doing? Right? You're moving it's around. Like the card game. Right. Which one, where's exactly. It at? Where's, where's, it at? Where's, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? And 15 wasn't where 15 is normally at. So when he comes out of there like that, and boom, he's he's in the backfield, and all of a sudden the running back is pitching it back to him. Now all of a sudden, now what the hell do you do? Right? So that's where discipline on defense comes in, and that's where smart players uh, that are able to pick up on that won't fall for the magic trick. Right? They'll just kind of stay in their assignment or stay with whatever their assignment is. But, I mean, hell, I could imagine if I was out there on the field and all of a sudden I saw that going on, I'd be like, hey, man, what do I do? <laughs> I'd be confused as I'll get out. And also, when people say disrespect, they ran a play that was, for me, more flashy than that during the Super Bowl where they all came up to the line and Patrick Mahomes claps his hands and they all take a spin. Everybody did one oh, spin yeah. to the left. Yeah. Where they, they do these type of plays. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was, hey, we're going to be up big on the Raiders and let's try to tra- let's try to clown on them. Right. They, they did a play like this in the Super Bowl. Right. It's just, it's just one of those things that you see it and you know what the score is and you know that, you know, it's a, it's a division rival, season ender. They're already winning. I mean, I, I get it. I get it why people were upset. Hell, there was a Bronco player that said he was upset, a guard on the Broncos offensive line that was saying that he was upset for the Raiders. Be upset that you didn't get any more wins. <laughs> there, yeah, there's true. There's more things that Bronco players should be worried about than what happened in the Raider game on Saturday. But it is what it is. So uh, much appreciative to uh, Paul Gutierrez, John McClain, Lincoln Kennedy, and Coach Rick Urich from Palo Verde High School. All guests on the show today. Of course, plenty of uh, locker room sound to get to. We have more of that coming up tomorrow. We'll also talk to uh, Eric Galco from the East-West Shrine Bowl game. Uh, maybe we'll find out who the 
coaching staffs are going to be as they uh, head to Allegiant Stadium. And uh, that's going to be a fun game, man. I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll also have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us to talk all things UNLV as they have a new OC. We'll see if DeMond's happy about him or not. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show, plus a whole lot more. You know how we do. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Clay, Heidi, and Vidi on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good evening.